ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى اتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجه البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها الا هالك فاللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الاولين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الاخرين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الملا الاعلى الى يوم الدين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في كل وقت وحين وعلى اله الاطهار وعلى اصحابه الاخيار وعلى اتباعه الابرار الى يوم الدين يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وبعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وان خير الهدي هدي سيدنا ومولانا رسول الله وان شر الامور لمحدثاتها فكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار <coughs> One of the tools that we've been given is the tool of dua as we translate supplication. Prayer, we say the salah, the, the mechanical prayer, the fard prayer, the fajr, the dhuhr, the asr, maghrib and isha. But dua, supplication is something different. And there's a very interesting hadith two actually in which the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he talks about dua and he says in one hadith ad dua huwa al ibadah that supplication dua is worship it's very peculiar because you know we have this big story in the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam called the isra in the maraj and through this story is how we got the salah the prayer No other act of worship comes in this elaborate way in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So you would think if the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam talked about what defines worship, he would have said salah. That salah is worship. He also said sallallahu alaihi wasallam in another hadith that that which is between the believer and the non-believer is the salah, meaning that the salah is the mark of faith. so much so that some of the ulama they opine that if somebody does not pray they have left islam i mean there are other opinions maybe because people don't pray for many reasons like they're lazy or they forget you know but if somebody doesn't pray because they don't want to pray then that they have sort of undone their their islam themselves that's a big deal so you would think that prayer 
is what worship is. No, but the Prophet ﷺ said, ibadah. That supplication is worship. And in the other hadith, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi wa Wasallam, ibadah. That supplication is the head of all acts of worship. Or you could say the heart of all acts of worship. Why is dua? Because this is the month of dua, right? This is the month in which we we pray and we pray when we're fasting, our prayers, uh, dua is accepted. When we break our fast, the dua is accepted. At night, the dua is accepted. Before we have, you know, at suhoor, the du'a, so all the time, dua accepted, dua accepted, right? So the month of dua. But why is it described this way? What is the transaction that happens between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we make dua? This will help us understand the importance. And really, this is a very fascinating hadith that the dua is worship. We pray because the Prophet ﷺ taught us to pray. The Sahaba saw him pray, so we pray the way that they pray. Meaning we, we grow up praying the way our parents pray. They grow up the way they see their parents pray, so on and so forth. Back to the generation of the Sahaba who saw the Prophet ﷺ pray. And this is why he says, Pray the way you have seen me pray. We make hajj because we were told that if we are able to once in our life to make this hajj. How do we know when to wear the ahram, where to wear the ahram, what, what, because the Prophet ﷺ told us, manasikukum, he said, take from me your hajj rights. So we just imitate. Fasting. Allah says this has been prescribed for us. So all of these acts of worship that we're used to, zakah, when your wealth exceeds a certain disposable amount, you pay the zakah on it. All of these things we have to do. And we, inshallah, we do that out of love and we do it because we believe and that's fine. But we do them ultimately because they have been prescribed for us. But the dua is different. The dua is is an expression ultimately of need. You're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in that ask, we acknowledge that we have nothing, that we have no capacity, that we have no wealth, that we have no ability. That we have nothing to rely on except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the modern society, in the contemporary period, we, we don't like to ask too much because we don't want to show that we are weak. So if you run a business or if you're, you have friends and there's disputes, you always want to act tough. And you have to, that's important. That's not, I'm not saying that that's bad. That's the human condition. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's like when the child... Is, is playing, you know, sometimes when children play together and they act tough even though they've been hit and they're hurt or their feelings are hurt. But the minute they see their parent, they run to their parent and they hug the parent and they cry. This is how we are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That in our quiet moments when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something, ultimately we are acknowledging that we have nothing. There is nothing that we have to bring to the table except our desire and our begging of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to answer this, to answer that for us. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ said that this transaction, this act between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is what worship is all about. Because when you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any moment, you could be driving, you could be by yourself, even if you're in a crowd of people and you hear something but it affects you a certain way and you have what I like to call a genuine moment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A moment of clarity. 
in, in the Islamic language, we call it al-futuhat, like an opening. You know, in other traditions, maybe so people understand, you know, they call this like a form of enlightenment. You know, when the Buddha was under the tree, and he has this moment of enlightenment. What we say is he has a fath. So when you have this clarity between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's why the Prophet said that this is what worship is all about. All worship comes from that transaction, from acknowledging that you own nothing, that you have nothing, that we can't really ultimately do anything except if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the skills to do that thing. Many of you have probably seen this week the, the young brother in Australia who, who passed away, uh, who had, he was successful in business and he had dedicated his life to you know, philanthropy and things like that and he got a, a bad form of, of cancer and he died. And before his death, he recorded a video. You should watch it. It's, it I mean, we watch all of these not squirrels on trees and things. It's, at least we should watch this video. It's a very short video. But one of the things that struck me as he said, you know, because they show in the video pictures of him with all of his things, all of the cars he had and all of the people that he met because he was well-to-do young man. And then he says, this is nothing compared to the gift that Allah gives you to take one breath without pain, to take one step without pain. That moment of clarity that he had, that he shared with us, this is what the Prophet ﷺ is talking about, that dua is worship. Because this is an acknowledgement that despite the stuff that we have, it's never going to be enough. And despite the challenges that we have, they're nothing in compared to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. When we understand that verse, If you were to count Allah's blessings, you would not be able to enumerate them. In this month, we spend a lot of time thinking about other people, right? We think about our brothers and our sisters. We think about the Rohingya. We think about our brothers and sisters in Syria. We think about our brothers and sisters in Gaza, in the West Bank, anywhere where there's trouble. And you can't help but say, Alhamdulillah, that I don't have to live like that. I mean, I want to help them. I pray for them. We, our heart bleeds for them. But at the end of the day, Alhamdulillah, we are not living like that. That moment of clarity, that moment of acknowledging your ultimate, absolute gratitude for just being who you are, this is what the dua is about. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever does not ask Allah, Allah becomes upset with them. Why? Why would Allah be upset? Shouldn't I be tough and be like, I don't need anything, so I'm just going to go on with what I have and just pray and fast? Why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upset with me if I don't ask? Because if I do not ask, I risk losing that sense that I really have nothing. I risk losing that sense that everything I have has been given to me because Allah ta'ala has facilitated it for me. Whether it's the ability to speak, to stand, to walk, to eat, your family, your friends, your children, your job, your education, all of these things have been facilitated for us. And we don't want to forget that. We don't want to be like, I did this my way. Look, this is me. I'm so smart. You know, I'm so clever. No, we want to say, Alhamdulillah. I can still enjoy those things. Allah says, with the bounties of Allah, 
share them. Actually, Imam Suyuti radiallahu anhu, one of my favorite ulama, who happens also to be Egyptian, he wrote a book, his autobiography, and he begins the autobiography with this verse, So verily by the bounties that Allah has given you, tell people. So he's like, in, in, in honoring this verse, I want to show off everything that Allah has given me. Showing off his intellectual skills. So enjoy them. Enjoy what you have been given. But acknowledge that they're not from you. That they're from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah gives dominion and power to whom He wants and He takes it. He gives wealth and He takes it. He gives knowledge and He takes it. The Prophet also told us, Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make dua certain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to answer you. Don't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be like, I'm so bad, I'm so sinful, I have done this, I have done that. I mean, that helps make you humble. But deep down inside, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hearing the dua, is answering the dua. But that the answer and the response might be different. Whenever I ask my children, you know, the, the, on Laylatul Qadr or something, you know, make dua, they say, oh, I want this toy from Amazon Prime. You know, I was like, no, you gotta, it's not going to be like that. It's not, it's not a shopping list. Right? You, you ask for good things and, and health and things like that and wealth and expansion, not constriction, but you don't know how that's going to happen. You don't know how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to bestow this on you. Allah will give you sustenance from an area you did not think you were going to get it from. You think it's this way, but then it comes this way. You focus on this project, but it's that project. You apply to this school and you really want it, but you get into another school. For example, I remember when I applied for my PhD, I got rejected from every single school except one. So I said, okay, I guess that's where I'm going. Alhamdulillah, and it turned out to be a great gift for me and my family. So you don't, And at the time, I was devastated. Because you apply and you write all these essays and get all of these things together, and you, it's me, me, me. But at the end, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who acts. فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ Allah acts the way He wants, the way He desires. But when we ask... Know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has answered the dua. Just the fact that this dua has come to you, that you've asked for whatever it is, know that that inspiration, this is what Ibn Ata'illah says in one of his hikam, in one of his aphorisms. He says, know that when you ask Allah for something, know that that thing has already been given to you by the proof that He inspired you to ask for it in the first place. At the end, the last 10 days of Ramadan, when we say, Allahumma inna ka'afoon tuhibbul afwa fa'afu'an, Allah, you are forgiving, you love to forgive and forgive me. Know that at that moment, Allah has forgiven you. When you say, Allahumma a'tiq riqabana min al-nar, Allah, you know, free our necks from the hellfire. Know that He has freed your neck from the hellfire. Or else He wouldn't have inspired you. He wouldn't have given you the ability. He wouldn't have reminded you to make this dua. Because you could have slept through it. You could have forgotten. You could have asked, you know, uh, for a type of meal for suhoor and that's what you were focused on not focused on the other things you could have been traveling during the last 10 days and missed Layla missed the night of the 27th or spent the night of the 27th in a plane but you're here in the mosque and you're at tahajjud and you're praying and, and you, this came to you from your heart to ask this is a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already answered it for you so the Prophet said ask knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has answered it now when you put all of this together in the balance, what do we take away from this for, for now until the end of the month? And then beyond inshaAllah. 
One, that it's fundamental that this becomes a part of our daily routine, personal routine with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should not save the dua <clears throat> for a special time or a special place or just in Ramadan or just in the mosque or ask somebody else to make dua for you. Each one of us, we have to do this. Of course, you ask your parents and you ask pious people. Those are all important. But at the end of the day, you also have to ask to acknowledge and exercise your nafs to know that there is nothing, with, there is nothing in this world that will happen except if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows it. And if you understand that, then you have understood the entirety of the concept of worship. This is what the Prophet ﷺ is saying by saying, So it has to be part of the routine. And the dua, even though there's a long you know, list of literature of the best optimal uh, things to do for the dua, you know, special times and special places, you know, to have wudu, to face the qibla, you know, to make sure your food is halal. All of that, I mean, you, you, we can go on and on and on about these things. Maybe another time. But don't let those things stop you from making dua when you feel you need to ask. You don't know when that moment of clarity is going to come. When the Prophet ﷺ tells us the last third of the night, in sujood, when you're fasting, when he teaches us all of these things, what this does is it helps us focus and anticipate. Okay, I want to get in, in this moment, I'm going to make dua. When I see the Kaaba for the first time, I'm going to make dua. On the day of Arafah, I'm going to make dua. So you anticipate, because it's a moment, it's an opportunity. It's like a bonus day, or you're working overtime, it's an opportunity. But that doesn't mean that Allah doesn't answer your dua outside of that. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he told us, for example, in another discussion altogether, that Allah Ta'ala answers the dua of the oppressed. And the ulama understood from this, even if they're not Muslim. Even if there's somebody that rejects this message, rejects Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but the fact that they are oppressed, that their dua is accepted against the oppressor. So it's not just these optimal situations that's going to make the dua accepted. We, we hope that we're always in the optimal situations. But it doesn't have to be like that. And our history is full of people that were sinners, that made tawbah in the most obscure circumstances. I remember one story in, in our lifetime, one of our teachers told us, in Jeddah there was a man who was a drunkard. He was always drunk and he was always getting in trouble with the law because, you know, alcohol there is, is illegal and all of these things. And one time he was arrested for, you know, he was drunk outside the streets or I don't know, something like that. So he was arrested. And he was really drunk, really drunk. So they took him to the police station and one of the people told him, how are you going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like this? You know, you're, you're useless, you're worthless. The man was so offended, he said, I will show you how I'm going to meet Allah. And he went to the bathroom and he made wudu and he started to pray and he died in his sujood. And this is some, something that somebody I know saw and knows about. Now if you saw this person outside now, you would not think that this is the person whose dua is accepted, they're not facing the qibla, they don't have wudu, their income is not halal. You wouldn't think like that. But it's not us that has answered the dua, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All it is is about that moment of clarity. And those opportunities that we read in our literature are about optimizing that clarity to help us focus our emotional state, our mind and our hearts that I'm asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I need, I have nothing. 
I need all the time, not just tonight, every night, not just in Ramadan, every month. But that man found that, motion, that moment of clarity because he was insulted by something that does not belong to somebody else, which is each one of our relationship with our Creator. We don't know who amongst us is the pious. We do not know who amongst creation is the saint. Whether even if it's Muslim or not, we do not know this. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He owns what's on the inside. We deal with each other what's just on the outside. And if you go back and you read the, the stories of the pious, the Sahaba and those after them, filled with stories like this. The most bizarre circumstance comes from that tawbah. Imam Abu Hanifa's neighbor, radiallahu anhu, the great mujtahid imam, was drunk and would party all night and things like that. So one night, Imam Abu Hanifa didn't hear him partying. So he went to check and make sure he's okay. Found that he was sick. And the boy was, or the young man was shocked. You know, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Al-A'zam, right? As the Hanafis like to remind us. Imam Al-A'zam, the great Imam, come to visit me, the sinner. So he makes tawbah and he becomes one of his students. That moment of clarity, that moment of, of vulnerability, that Imam Abu Hanifa brought to him that clarity. Now where is this in the book of the, this third of the night or at the end of the sujood? It doesn't exist. Because these moments are limitless. You can have this moment anytime, anywhere. We hope inshallah that Allah answers our dua in this month of Ramadan. But this is a lesson for t- not just this month but for beyond. That we want to acknowledge that we don't have anything really fundamentally except through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the permission and the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we get to that moment, then everything becomes clear. The way we see the world completely changes. We know nothing is too big for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing is too difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything becomes easy. You become relaxed. You become composed. You become content. And most importantly, your dua goes from the Amazon wish list to... Bigger things, because you realize those little things are not important. Like this young man from Australia taught us, it's the breath that we have, the health that we have, the family and the relationships that we have. This is what prosperity is and what fulfillment is. So your dua kind of gets higher and higher and higher. Which is why the dua that we say at the end of the month is the dua of freedom from the hellfire. And forgiveness, ultimate forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because what else could we ask for? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answer our dua. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا وقرة أعيننا سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. There's quite a few announcements today, uh, so bear with me before the dua. Uh, there's a sister in Pakistan, the mother of uh, Shahab Shadri, Sister Ashraf Sultana, who has passed away. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for mercy and for forgiveness, inshallah, in this blessed month. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for the family. A reminder that Qiyam is going to begin Tuesday morning at 2.40 in the morning, 2.40 a.m. There will be Qiyam here starting Tuesday. And uh, of course, suhoor will follow. Uh, the fundraiser, our, our you know, annual fundraiser is going to be June 10th, inshallah. And as we do every year, we ask people to consider donating before that month so we can 
you know, get through the, the fundraiser, uh, you know, quickly. If we do not get the donations before, and this is from me, we will lock the doors, and no one will be allowed out, and we have our police officer here with us, he will enjoy, no, I'm just kidding, but, but please, you know, it, we want to enjoy the night of the 27th with the dua and the khatm of the Qur'an, so we like to the, fundraiser to, the fundraising to be done beforehand, so please, if you're going to give, and you should give, and as the, as the Catholics say, give until it hurts, so we can take this sunnah, give until it hurts your pocket, and give to the mosque, inshallah. Today, the second Jummah will be at 4 p.m., again, for people that are finishing school. Uh, voter registration tables are outside because it's, uh, the elections are coming up, and in addition, there are also absentee ballots, so ballots. So if people are not going to be able to vote at certain times or whatever, you can fill out the absentee ballots. Ballots, sorry, it's the fasting. So make sure that you register to vote if you're, if you're able to, if you're legally able to and you're a resident, all of that. And we've talked about how important voting is. I can't tell you who to vote for, uh, wink, wink, but you, know, uh, you guys know who you should be voting for. Uh, we have uh, another passing sister, Rahmatullah Hiballah in Jeddah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for mercy and for forgiveness for her and for the family. And also dua for sister Bushra Amir who is sick. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help heal her and all, all of the sick that are in our community. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us with understanding how to make dua and how to ask uh, for ultimately we are in need. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our fasting, to accept our charity, to accept our presence in the mosque. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us all of our sins, uh, past, present and future. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on our children, uh, to protect them always and to guide them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on our parents to protect them and to guide them as well. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness for those who have passed before us uh, and may uh, the action, our good deeds in this month be rewarded to them as well as we march towards the end of the recitation of the Qur'an. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to bless our community and to protect it, to protect our homes and our businesses and our schools and our center. فَاللَّهُمَّ اهْدِنَا فِي مَنْ هَدَيْتْ وَعَافِنَا فِي مَنْ عَافَيْتْ اللَّهُمَّ تَوَلَّنَا فِي مَنْ تَوَلَّيْتْ وَبَارِكْ لَنَا فِي مَا أَعْطَيْتْ اللهم قنا واصرف عنا شر ما قضيت فإنك سبحانك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك ولا يذل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت فاللهم ارحم حينا وميتنا وحاضرنا وغائبنا وارفع أيدي الأمم عنا وأقمنا بالحق وأقم الحق بنا اللهم تقبل صلاتنا وصيامنا وقيامنا وركوعنا وسجودنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم حليم رحيم عظيم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم انقلنا من دائرة سخطك إلى دائرة رضاك وافتح علينا فتوح العارفين بك واحشرنا تحت لواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة واسقنا من يده الشريفة شرب ماء لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا ثم أدخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب ومتعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخلد يا رحيم وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وأقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتاً